Hey everyone, thanks for joining me as we continue our stroll through the strange paradiso. It is Super Bowl Sunday. I am out here in my shack. I'm not going to watch that until the halftime show comes on so I could take a look and see what is happening with that. Um, I want to start off today with, I guess it would be some history maybe with a little bit of theory mixed in with it because things that we cannot prove are um, what's on the table for today. So this subject is going to be a little bit about General George S. Patton. Recently, I've been hearing people talking about how they believe George Patton was assassinated. So when I first heard that, I just almost wanted to like laugh to myself because I was thinking, okay, I mean, if you're going to be that type of a person in a war, especially something like World War II, I mean, just to say that he was assassinated is a little, um, I thought it was being just a little bit, uh, I don't know, funny or someone was really tripping, okay? I just couldn't put those two things together. So um, every once in a while, things that I have heard about in the past will come back around like it goes in a big circle. It comes back around and it gets my attention. So I looked into it a little bit. Now, I haven't had a lot of time to go in depth, but what I did read and hear, because I listened to a couple of old interviews of people who had served with George Patton, who had been in World War II, the things that I knew about Patton before were um, things like he believed that he was reincarnated and that he had been in ancient battles before. He seemed to have this um, uncanny knowledge of certain battles and battlefields. And um, most historians will say, well, yes, you know, you can read about them and you can even visit some of the sites and you will have a knowledge. But this went deeper than that, okay? The knowledge that George Patton had was like detail. And those little things that some may only know if they would have been there are the types of things that he knew. As well as um, he was, I mean, we can look through history and um, we can see that he was brilliant at strategy, okay? Just absolutely brilliant. He had no fear. He was out there with the troops. He wasn't in an office. He didn't want to be in an office. He wanted to be out there on the ground with the troops. So... I was thinking earlier that it is 
really something when you see how certain pieces were put onto this chessboard by a divine hand, which I believe is God, Yahweh God, and he put this man on the earth at the time that he did for this purpose. When we talk about reincarnation, okay, because he thought or he believed that he had been reincarnated, like I said, well, maybe reincarnation is the wrong word. Maybe it is, um, that's why Christians and certain people, as far as their belief doctrines, do not believe in reincarnation. Because what reincarnation really means, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's misnamed, okay? So, for example, I think maybe this person was like um, from a different realm, okay? So it is said that we all have different versions of ourselves in other realms. So perhaps this person was from another realm where he was able to go back and forth to. So there would be a version of this person who was originally from our space and time who could go back and forth. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally and spiritually. I mean, you, you really have to be able to think outside the box for this one, okay, guys? But somehow... If something like this was able to happen. Because I have heard things. While he was brilliant on the battlefield. While he was a, uh, I mean, just no fear leader. Who had the ability to lead men in this battle. And he was with them. But when he wasn't in battle. When he wasn't. In wartime, it is said that he was very sensitive. He was a bit quiet. He wasn't as boisterous. And he was also very spiritual. So how do you go from being this brilliant warrior? I mean, the way that he was in battle. And then switching over to being more uh, quiet and uh, like religious and things like this. I mean, it. I'm not saying that I'm correct in in my thinking, but it certainly wouldn't be um, impossible. So, with that. I started thinking about the whole reincarnation thing. And so my personal belief is, well, of course, certain religions don't believe in reincarnation the way that it is, like, described, its description. Perhaps 
It should be called something else. And it, it is completely different. Okay? So I wanted to um, just talk a little bit about that. Some of the interviews that I have seen, and these are old interviews because the majority of people, just about all of the people who were there, who fought alongside and in World War II, you know, with Patton or not. I mean, the majority of World War II veterans are no longer living. There are a handful. But, you know, well, this has been many, many years ago. But in some of these interviews, there was one man, and he said that he remembers the day that Patton arrived where they were at. And he said it was like this guy was larger than he actually was. It's like he had this presence, this commanding presence. And somehow there was something about him that felt that he had really been there and done this before. Like this was some sort of ancient warrior. And this is from someone who was there at the time. And I'm pretty sure that in World War II, with everything going on, and just a fear in these people because they didn't know what was going to happen. And they were a bunch of young young guys there. There were some guys there 15, 16 years old. But he took charge and they felt that this was actually a person that could lead them and knew exactly what to do. When we talk about World War II and the things that went on there, when had that ever happened before? World War I, it was an entirely different scenario than World War II. Yet, this general knew exactly what to do, like he had done it before, like it was nothing new to him, and uh, was ready to go and do what he knew. I mean, he there was no question about it. And that's one of the reasons why he had such a hard time with his peers, because they were more politically motivated where George Patton was motivated to get in, do what they have to do, and then get out. Less casualties, okay? Like, we got to get the men in there. We got to do what we have to do. And then we got to get out. And he knew what to do. He knew how to do it. There was no question. He had everything, like, on paper. He had the whole thing planned out. And there are those who say it would have worked. There is no doubt in their minds. His strategy would have worked, absolutely. But he was not able to carry out this battle the way that he wanted to. They stifled him. They suppressed him. They moved him around and sent him to other places where not a whole lot was going on. 
They marginalized him. They called him warmonger. I mean, if they're going to put you in a war, if they're going to send you out there and they have a pretty good idea that you know what you're doing, and then they're going to call you names like warmonger, <laughs> that's kind of like, okay, you know, stupid, but that's what they did. I um, really, I really have no room for Dwight Eisenhower because I believe that he was a puppet for whoever the agencies are that um, do these type of things. All right. I believe that there is so much more to this war and all others than just um, maybe getting rid of some bad actors like Mussolini and Hitler and so on. I believe that it's motivated by something else because um, we have never done anything without certain agencies benefiting from it. So they found out that Patton was not a puppet, that he was not easily controlled. And they, you know, they put him somewhere else where there was not, like, not really a big battle going on. And a lot of the men, when that happened, a lot of the men were so disappointed. And then that is when the fear started to really pervade over a lot of these troops. I mean, this isn't just theory or speculation. Some of this is true. I mean, absolutely. If you believe that someone can lead you and you trust them and all of a sudden they take that person away, what is that going to do to you mentally? You know, it's going to break a lot of the morale for one thing. So there is um, so much to this. It is um, overwhelming. So of course, as in any war, there were what are known as war crimes that took place. Patton actually witnessed some of these war crimes. He witnessed a lot of mistakes and he tried to like bring them up to his peers. He tried to speak out and let them know this and that was going on and that that can't be allowed. And so that's when they actually threatened to send him back to the United States. He knew that his place was in the war. So then he had to like quiet down so that he could stay there, but they still would not let him do what he wanted to do. Afterwards, World War II had not even been over for a year when Patton was in this accident, I guess, he was in his car and it had stopped and it was waiting for a train to pass by. He was being driven. There were two other people in the car with him and another um, vehicle 
I guess it was a military vehicle, came and ran in to the car that Patton was in, injuring everyone in the car. So they took them all to the hospital where Patton was in bed. Now, this is a person who never sat around or laid around. He was always moving, and now he's confined to his bed. It is said that he was not injured to the point of being at death's door. I mean, his injuries were pretty substantial, but it wasn't like um, he was not going to recover. And the next thing you know, he was no longer among the living. We know also that a lot of theories will come out when certain things like this happen. It doesn't necessarily mean now that he was killed, but all the arrows are pretty much pointing to that being a possibility. Why? Why did that happen? Who would benefit? The war was over. Oh, first of all, there are plenty of people who would benefit from him being gone. Because, and when I say it is being said, it's because these are not things that I am privy to. I, I do not know this information is 100% correct. I'm just telling you what I have read. So it is said that there are plenty of people, other um, generals and certain people like that, and even higher, you know, into the political realm, were afraid that he was going to speak out once he got back to the States. I mean, at some point, he was going to speak out and bring the things that he had witnessed and that he knew about to the forefront. And they just felt like, yeah, this guy's a liability and um, we have no choice. We have to make it look like an accident. And so that's what happened. Now, what was he going to bring out? Well, all of these mistakes that he tried to let them know and try to let his his peers and even some, I guess, superiors in, the, in Washington, D.C. know about. But everyone just turned a deaf ear. No one wanted to hear it. And they even told him. There are certain people who warned him and told him, you cannot be talking about this. So in order to cover their asses, yes, it would benefit them if he was no longer among the living. That way, all of this would be buried with him. So that is um, some of what I have read about. Who these people are? Well, once again, there are some who were in the political realm at the time, going all the way to the top because of the corruption, all right? As well as some of the people who were there with him. I don't see him having 
a superior as far as rank where he was at because um, it is <laughs> it is said that there were only four-star generals, but he went ahead and had a fifth-star placed on all of his things. So he made himself like uh, the five-star general. So by doing that, letting everyone know that he had no superior in military. See, that's how sure of himself this guy was. And it's not arrogance. I mean, there might have been some maybe in the presentation. But as far as his knowledge and everything, I don't see that as being arrogant. I see that as just being confident. Like, I got this. You don't have to worry. And everything will be legal, okay? But yeah, boils down to there were certain, I'll call them entities, there with him and in Washington, D.C., who couldn't risk him bringing out what he had witnessed and all the other things that had happened to him and to others. There was someone who earlier today said, yeah, but we had to get rid of Hitler. See, it's like, where did that come from? That's not what we're talking about here. At all. There's no argument about that. And then, all right, let's, let's move on with this. I have people, every once in a while, asking me about Hitler. Well, do you believe that Hitler really died in that bunker or whatever the heck it was and so on? There's a part of me that um, maybe like 5%, I believe that Hitler died when they say he did. Him and Eva Braun and all this stuff, committed suicide or whatever it was. Yeah, maybe only 5%, but um, for the most part, no, I do not believe that. One of the reasons is because so many of the Nazis who were there at that time, who were working at the concentration camps, who were committing all of these heinous crimes, okay, and all this and that, they all went to Argentina. Even to this day. I mean, recently, there... There are still maybe a couple who are still living who are there still. And you're gonna, they're going to tell me that this guy, okay, if these other people could go to Argentina, well, why couldn't he? I believe that him and his woman went to Argentina. Yes, I do. The other ones, a lot of the scientists were brought here to the United States. Now, why is that? If I don't remember the name. It was Operation Paperclip or something like that. I don't know. But they brought the Nazi scientists here. So if we went over there to get rid of this administration, I'll just call it, the whole Hitler regime, why were they allowed to go to Argentina afterwards? Why were they brought over here? Oh, for their knowledge and all this and that? Really? So I, 
when I start looking at it like this, okay, when I see these things put into that perspective, it makes me wonder what really was going on then. What really was was the reason for all of this? The narrative is, okay, Hitler, the concentration camps, the genocide, of course, all right? But um, is that all that there was to it? We'll never know. It's not like Patton was ever able to write a book, if he was even able to speak even lightly about some of the things that went on there because he was not allowed to. And who was left, all right? You've got the, the yes-men who were left. Eisenhower, Bradley. I would like to hear the opinions of a rebel, okay, as well as the yes-men. In any case, because we are not getting the whole story. If we can't hear the opinions and um, even experiences, whether you believe it or not, we should be allowed to hear this and figure it out for ourselves instead of all this stuff being suppressed. We've only heard one side. I, I mean, until recently, I have never heard another side at all about this war. Only one side. Oh, the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Okay. Oh, we were trying to stay out of it until this and that. Well, let me tell you something, guys. Um, they knew that this was coming. They saw it on radar. And there are stories about that that were never allowed to come out either that we have to dig for. And it just goes on and on. I mean, that is not the only one. There is something that I was um, listening to. This is a few years ago. And what it said was, all wars are bankers' wars. And it was very, very interesting. Very long, but very interesting. There are so many things, and I, I continue to wonder, yeah, why is it that we only hear one story? It's a one-lane road. There is nothing else but that one lane that they put us on and then we just go ahead through our lives and drive down that one lane. One narrative, one opinion. That's all we've got. Until things start to seep out, okay? Some other opinions, some other ex people who have experienced these things and who have been there start speaking out in their later years. It's only too bad that these things take so long to come out. But that's probably also one of the reasons 
for it, okay? Now, oh, here and there, you know, they allow certain things to come out because it's been so long. I mean, we're talking about like 1944. So just about everyone is gone now. Plus the fact that we right now who are living, okay, we're so removed from that. It's because it's been so many years. You've got the removal of so many generations already that we don't feel that emotional tug about these things like we would if maybe it was um, 1954 right now, okay? Because in 1954, the war had not been over that long. So there are just so many. I mean, this thing is like uh, something with tentacles because it just seems to go in so many different directions. And it all depends on what part of this we are interested in. I like to start with Patton because I do believe that... um, He very well was killed to silence him because he could not be controlled. They knew that there was no offer, no deal, no um, anything that they could do to make him be quiet. They couldn't even blackmail him. And because of how he was, he wouldn't keep the truth to himself because he will want everyone to know. So this is just full of so many different spices, okay? This recipe is just full of so many different spices because you have the reincarnation thing. You have the leadership of this person. You have the He was uncontrollable. Then he was marginalized. He was demonized. They tried to say he was a warmonger and he was this and he was that. And it wasn't until later that some people actually came out and said he was right. There was someone that I knew a long time ago who was now passed on who told me he, he was in World War II and he told me that Patton wanted to go ahead and go in to, I think it was Russia, okay? He wanted to go ahead and go into Russia because he said, if we don't do this now, they're going to be a thorn in our side later on. Well, we know that that wasn't allowed to happen. And that's actually when they started calling him warmonger, Okay. And this person said, he was right. We should have. But he was not allowed to. There are things that have happened and continue to happen in some of these other countries that we do not know about. We are not told these things for our own good because it might upset us. Okay, so it's like, 
difficult, all right, even for me to talk about these things because it's something that I can't really um, easily prove. It's not on KTLA or ABC or anything like that. And it never will be. So I just wanted to bring that up and talk about that a little bit to you guys. I don't know if you will find this interesting. It just, um, every once in a while, I just become very interested in things that I've read about in the past. I'm going to look further into some of this and if there's anything worth um, that that seems worth talking about, I will um, bring it up to all of you. But sometimes I think that, sometimes I feel that if one is in a position where um, one is able or has a platform to talk about certain things, to tell the truth about certain things. It is, uh, it's like taking your life into a very precarious place. There have been so many people who have come out with the truth or who were going to come out with the truth and they're no longer among us. Some of these people, I don't even know why they have said, oh, I'm going to come out with this and it's going to be a bombshell. I'm going to come out with it on uh, February 15th. And then they are in an accident or they, they're they dead in their sleep or whatever. It's like, if you have something that you're going to bring up, just bring it up. Don't threaten to bring it up. Because it's a very dangerous thing to do. Anyways, um, that's pretty much all that I've got for today. I just want to say that, um, oh, there's one more thing. Okay, so apparently there is a place here in California that seems to me that it's known that this neighborhood was built on an actual Native American burial ground. See, I didn't know that, like, you could, um, a builder could just go ahead and take over an ancient cemetery and build a neighborhood on it, and everyone knows what it's built on, and they go ahead and buy the houses and live there and think that they're going to be happily ever after. Usually these things are kept secret. They don't bring these things out to the public. But in this case, it's I could be wrong, but it seems to me that when this person was recounting their story, it seems that everyone in the neighborhood knew. So, um, <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't know about you, but um, if I would know, like, okay... This used to be a cemetery, but it was so old and all the people, you know, there was nobody visiting these grave sites anymore. So we went ahead and built houses and made a brand new neighborhood here and everything's fine. I don't care if they have removed the remains or not. 
I would not live there. There's no way. I wouldn't even buy a house there and rent it out. I would not have anything to do with it. And once again, we're talking about, okay, well, it's a cemetery. There is no life there. So what makes activity happen? If you build on top of it, what attracts the activity that takes place? I mean, we've got many different answers to that question. Why? So we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Hopefully, I will be able to come on and then we're going to discuss some of that as well as... um. I'm going to take a look, I hope, okay, because I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to watch it because of um, I get a lot of interruptions when everyone's home. I don't get to see things and just sit down and look, you know, I, I get a lot of interruptions, especially with my husband. He just wants to talk all the time. So I'm hoping that I can take a look at the halftime show. All right. it. I know it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's Rihanna, okay? So, I'm not, I'm not like, um, expecting anything just because it's her. It's not like I already have my mind made up that there's going to be something. But, um, it's a little difficult to remain neutral. But if I don't see anything, I don't see anything, okay? So, it, it either way, it should be interesting. So I'm going to try to be back tomorrow. And I want to thank all of you guys once again for joining me. You know, every time we take a walk, every time we have a discussion, I know I've said this before, but it doesn't have to be paranormal. It doesn't have to be spooky or scary or have anything to do with entities or even cryptids or anything like that. But still, because there are so many things out there that we really don't know the truth about it still makes it part of the strange paradiso i will be talking to you soon everybody have a great rest of your day i know that the game is going to be starting soon because it's like 302 so whoever your team is all right i hope they win let's see what happens ciao